What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Passionate DJ Podcast. I'm your host, David Michael. I'm with my co-host, Tony DeSero, and our guest DJ today is Firecat451. Sometimes I also go by the name of uh, Housecat. Play a little bit of house every now and then, not all the time, even though that's where I started. We can get back to it. Now, Will is a returning guest and a fan favorite here on the Passionate DJ Podcast. And today we're going to talk to him about his love for music, specifically house and drum and bass, as well as some other DJ-related topics, as we always do. Plus, we'll be joined a little bit later in the episode by Mo Dingo with the latest DJ news. But for now, on to Firecat for his opening jam. Firecat451, also known as Housecat451, also known as Recalcitrant MC, also known as Will Ellis. How you doing, my friend? Recalcitrant. I'm recalcitrant as hell after watching the news. <laughs> yeah, this no, is, I'm not, not going to do that. Just, I'm going to start out with, do you know how hard it is for me to not bounce around and dance and shake when I'm holding the camera and a selfie stick and shit when you're playing house music? <laughs> In the words of Lionel Richie, steady cam, baby, steady cam. <laughs> when, I re- when we recorded a trip a couple weeks ago for the New Year's show, uh, I forgot to turn image stabilization on the GoPro, and it, oh, I, no. I had a lot of correction to oh, do no. after the fact. Don't go to dirt bike. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, how often do you play as, as house cat, it's, the house thing? That's the weirdest question, right? Because that's actually my origin story was uh, originally break beats and house. That's where it started. And then, like many artists, like every artist, right, you evolve, your musical taste change. And, and eventually my style, it kept its funkiness, but it, it needed more precision. And house can get a little loose sometimes. Mm. And, and I, I found myself wanting to challenge myself up here, which means I wanted more precise music to play with, right? And so that kind of led to drum and bass. That led to uh, dubstep and a lot of other things. Electro, obviously, was kind of the next step. Because when you go from funky house and you want to get like a little bit more precise, you go into electro, I feel like. So that's an interesting way to put it. When, when you say, what do you mean by precise? Are you talking about uh, tempo, like uh, shuffle, or timing, or is it uh, well, the, the amount the, of things happening? What do you mean? Exa- it's all of those things, right? So, okay. And, and this is where I hope I don't lose anybody. <laughs> Stay with me. I don't know what class you're in. Um, so there's all different styles and skill sets up here. And a lot of them are genre specific. So tricks that a scratch DJ does, a trance DJ might not do. Mm. Or a drum and bass DJ may th- do things that a hip hop guy would never do. You know, uh, a hip hop DJ does not want to hold two songs together for five minutes. That's a skill yeah. of blending. And then you got this chopping, you got cuts, you got EQ work, you got gain fading and mix fading. You have all of these different methods of controlling your signal. And I felt like with House, once I locked onto the 4-4, that's it, you know, I can do that. And then with Electro, I found now I've got to track new sounds. And then when I moved into Dubstep, you had to track these undercurrents because that music hits you in these giant waves. So what could I do up here 
to enhance my performance with the music. And so all of those different things kind of led me to an evolution. So I do like House Cat. It's a very comfortable and relaxed thing. taste crosses over in every genre it has to play? it has to like, see yeah mm-hmm. I, it has to i listened to u2 and uh dmx at the same time uh-huh. when i was in school so there was always this cross-pollination of a foot in many different worlds and then musically you know uh who wants to be at a venue for five hours listening to the same thing when there's so much good music now, i get it if you go to a show that is themed this is a house and you love how go for it but by and large as we get so much more music i feel like people are more open right right so like when you're playing house you feel like the elements that you like about drum and bass is the same in that house music you find same things that are related correct that is what keeps me as cat 451 whether it's fire or house yeah right so it's like everybody can play drum and bass and house but the way i do it is yeah, that, I noticed you kind of went through the gamut. You played yeah. uh, a little bit of uh, like a, a melodic song with a good female vocal. Then you played, you know, some acid. You kind of went through the whole gamut of house. Right. I I, I, I have a <clears throat> an eight chord style that's got some jazz, some funk, and some precision. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really matter what genre tempo it is. If I can find those elements in the track, that's actually what makes it me play. Yeah. So if it's gonna be really really rough jump up, that jump up's got some funk elements in it. <laughs> You know what I mean? If it's going to be beautiful house, that house has some intricacy and delicacy in it that, that I've tried to make sure runs across my taste. And I think the crowd appreciates it. Nice. I hope the listeners do. Y'all, you better subscribe. <laughs> Passionate DJ, subscribe. Absolute tune right here. Okay. 
folks. I hope you're enjoying these house jams, and I hope that you're enjoying this new sort of podcast format that we've been doing where we're mixing together the interviews and the music, but we really only know if you tell us. So the best way you can do that is go to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash DJ, or go to the page directly for this episode at passionatedj.com slash 214 and leave us a comment. Tell us what you think about the mixture of interviews and music, and especially what you think of the YouTube version with all the fun, fancy camera work. So, hope you're enjoying, and back to Will. we talk uh, JD Plastic Dreams? I heard that shit coming a mile away. <laughs> I was like, I know, I know this one. Well, I was putting together these three folders, and uh, I, I thought about where I was going, because you always have to think about your audience. I said, if I go to Dayton without some sort of tributary, they're going to kill me. <laughs> if, I, if I go up to the studio and I don't have this... This rare gem. I mean, it's it's not it's rare, but it's a well-known gem. It's rare now. I yeah. see. I mean, yeah. yeah. It, it's one of those timeless elements. I feel like, and some tracks will do this, and some tracks get gimmicked a lot with these sort of things where you do this killer set. It's innovation. It's brand new, but you got to throw one classic gemstone in there, the one that yeah. makes people just remember the moment they came to the party, remember the best show they ever had. And I feel like Plastic Dreams has that like. It's got an iconic melody that you know. It's like Robert Miles' Children. Ooh. 
it goes to show, like going it, talking about complexity again, is it it doesn't always require complexity, like because that that little organ thing that happens in Plastic Dreams is so simple. Like there's not much to it. Just and that that bell sound in the background, but it's it's so hypnotic. And they, I don't know. There's just something I love about that track. The first time I heard that was. Um, it was on the original soundtrack for um, "It's All Gone Pete Tong," I think, where they talked about the uh, the DJ that went deaf and he kept on DJing, and that was one of the songs. And the cool thing about I think it was that scene was they um, so the whatever DJ was up at the time they have turntables, and then they they cut to the DJ and they show him cueing, and you hear for a second what he's hearing in his headphones, and they let you hear the not beat matched thing happening and while he's figuring it out and then it locks it in and then they go back to the crowd and I thought that was so cool because I was like as a DJ I was like that's so awesome that, that people get to see that's to what explain. we do yeah yeah DJ Nation, it is your boy Mo Dingo, and I am here to bring you some news and information of some things that have already happened early on in the year 2021. Now, normally something we look forward to as DJs is the Winter NAMM convention, which takes place in Anaheim, California. That's basically like the equivalent of CES, but for music and instruments and all things that make lovely sounds and make people dance. Unfortunately, this year, as a result of COVID, everything had to be held virtually. This year, the virtual event was held the last week of January, and there are a few things that DJs might want to know about that came out in terms of new gear. For those of you that follow the show, you've already seen the extensive coverage we've done on the Rain One with the help of our friend Fatty Lumpkin. With those motorized jog wheels, it packs a lot of punch for $1,500 and gives you a whole lot in a small package. For more information on that, just go to passionatedj.com slash rain one. Play Differently dropped another mixer on us with the help of Andy Rigby Jones and Richie Houghton the Model 1.4. This is a truly analog experience with no USB connections, it's all phono ports on the back. It provides you the opportunity to control four channels along with a three band master EQ out. In addition to the analog overdrive, it provides you with high and low pass filters as well as a high and low pass contour filter. So if you're looking for that true analog experience, look for this to hit the street at about 2000 US dollars. Not to be outdone, Pioneer also dropped the DJM S7. It's a two-channel style battle mixer that gives you free access to Serato as well as hardware unlock for Rekordbox. 
It has eight performance pads per deck for live edits and remixing, as well as the 22 beat effects that you would see in the DJM S11. And as you would expect from any battle mixer, it comes with a Magville Pro crossfader. One interesting feature about this particular mixer is that it actually has Bluetooth integration. It allows you to use a compatible mobile device, trigger samples, loops, and rolls, as well as one shots. That'll be hitting the streets at about 1400 US dollars. And lastly, another news, Native Instruments has been sold again. At the end of January, a large portion of their shares were sold to the Francisco Partners Investing Firm. One of the goals of this merger is to bring together operations a little bit more closely to have more integration among product lines. For those of you that are Tractor users, you know we've all been kind of frustrated with the lag of development of the Tractor platform. A lot of that, according to the article from DJ Tech Tools, is from the current architecture being rather clunky and hard to upgrade. Since the release of Tractor Pro 3, other platforms have added things like streaming, online lockers, as well as real-time stem usage, none of which can be accomplished with the current platform that Tractor Pro has developed on. It's for this reason Native Instruments is probably going to wind up using some sort of variation of Tractor DJ Pro, which is more of an app-based versus a program. Well, what do we need to see for this next version of the Tractor Pro platform to be more relative? I personally would like to see more compatibility with third-party controllers without having to create some ad hoc MIDI map. And there are some people that probably want to see some of that real-time STEM development as well. But more importantly, with the release of Big Sur and the M1 processor from Apple, they got some serious hills to climb, so their work's cut out for them, but will it be too late for them to still be relevant? Well, that's it for now. If you have any feedback from any of the mixtures that we talked about, go ahead and leave that in the comment section below. And if you're a Tractorian like myself, tell us what you'd like to see in the next iteration of Tractor Pro. As always, I love you guys. Be good humans and wash your damn hands. I'm Mo and I'm out.
It is the words. Is this like a house cat kind of day, or are you feeling like changing it up? Or it's no? not. Okay. It's not. I just felt like I wanted to start that way, kind of loosen up. Awesome, awesome. You know, I'm wearing this hoodie. And I, I, I like the that. merch. Know, thank you, man. It's not for sale. It's not. Oh, I was going to ask. Man. We'd, we'd be glad to plug it for you, man. All right. Well, one day. I mean, this year, <laughs> we'll get you some fire. It's a little warm for a hoodie in here. It's beautiful. I shouldn't have worn the hoodie. I should have worn a t-shirt. There's a t-shirt available. Um, <laughs> I got an extra one in the bag. You need it? Hey, if it fit. <laughs> No, but I, I brought the rest of the set's gonna be drum and bass, and okay. uh, so I feel like going from what I just did, uh, I want to go into something a little bit more active drum and bass, and then maybe I'll land it with something easy. So I like nice. it, man. Well, let's let's get on with it, man. I love hearing you play, and and I'm looking forward to seeing what you're gonna bring to our audience this time, thank man. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and uh, see you in a second with these jams. passionate about DJing you're you're a producer you're a DJ you're an MC but what about DJing specifically does it for you why why do you like it you're trying to set me up ain't you no not at all Uh, I don't like it I I don't like it is liking is the wrong terminology for what it is to me I couldn't imagine it not being there the same way I can't imagine not having my left arm there's always going to be music in my life and there's always going to be some expression of it that goes from me to another person whether that's a mixtape a cd a song or the art of performing it and actually being right there with the real time and i can't ever imagine it not being there so like is just not dissing the vocab even though i'm recalcitrant as hell (laughs) um it's just that i've never ever thought of it since i started to it not being there like all like Oh, this isn't paying more money. Well, you need to get more gigs. What about a job? Well, more gigs is a job. <laughs> yeah. So it, it never really, uh, 
I never thought that I'd be out this, outside the line. Even when I'm like an old man, you'll watch a movie and it'll say Firecat. You'd be like, damn, he's still doing it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd be jumping up in the club. So I, I can't ever imagine music not being a part of my life and that constantly evolving while staying true to some of the stalwart grooves that I've always had. The act of DJing, is it, how much of it is, I guess, social for you and how much of it is like, this is for Will, if that makes sense? No, that's good. That's good. I've tangled with that. Uh, Same. Before social media became a super currency, like, it was crowd interaction. And so that meant after you set, you get down, you went into the crowd, you talked to the promoters, you talked to every fan, the ones you have been messaging online and the ones that saw you at the last show that they can remember that you can't remember. And so there was always that aspect of interacting with the crowd. Um, and that that can lead a DJ to kind of follow a trend, a music trend, right? And so at that point, you got to decide, are you playing what you want to play? And that's why they're coming to see you? Are you playing the Beatport Top 100? And that's why they're coming right. to see you. And if that's the case, then you kind of follow the hype machine train. And I've never been one to be on it. If you like me, you like me. If you don't, you don't. And I'm hopeful that most of my fans follow me because of my curation of the music. And then the gravy is the way I put it out. 
you know, the way I mix. Sometimes I'm very studious and I'm studying this mixer and other times I'm like bouncing around. So I'm hoping that that is my connection to the fan base and not the other older way where the currency was in tending to the crowd. Hmm. For this style of music, I don't think it's super necessary. I'm not, if I was doing a corporate event, if I was doing a wedding, yeah, you'd do a lot of tending to the crowd. You were at their service. Yeah. Um, so to answer your question in the most roundabout complex way I possibly could, uh, I think it's half and half now, but probably definitely closer to me playing for myself. Like, I don't choose these tracks because they just came out. Yeah. And I'm trying to dodge everybody else playing it. I'm not in the race for the chart or the release date. And I'm not going to. Um, I'm not going to linger in the past crates and be like, I'm just going to bang shit from 2012 because it was better. You know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, so, so I definitely don't go up there playing music for the crowd, but I always pick four or five songs I know they're gonna love even if they don't know they're gonna love it I know they're gonna love it mm. you know what I mean but largely these sets are put together by me for me with the intention of delivering and transferring a mood mm. you know what I mean yeah and and, and that sometimes happens uh, a day before the show sometimes that happens like on stage while I'm listening to the guy before me kill it and I'm like I can't go up there with this shit <laughs> <laughs> I cannot play that song. that happened to me recently uh I played with uh, Miyake Noro, and he, I expected these beautiful, jazzy things, and by the time I got up there, man, it was disco and frisco. He had the energy so much higher and lighter and faster, and I'm like, okay, I gotta shuffle. But inside of that, I'd already had some music together where I thought I could go. I just now had to start in progress. I didn't have time to take off. Yeah. I mean, I had to meet him at that elevation, and that's one of the things I love about doing it, and it goes way back to the question about what do I like about this? Those things, those are the things. Those little yeah. excitements of creating a set right before you deliver it. It's like a chef.
you don't mind answering, how much of a track prepper, playlist prepper are you? Set prepper. Oh, man, man. I came up with a system a while ago. I don't even know if I should tell y'all. <laughs> Top secret spy yeah. info. Right. Well, Bitflip knows. I told Bitflip. And he, has, he already had a similar. And I'm, I'm sure it's not a new technique. I just have my spin on it, right? So I create what's called a bucket. So let's say uh, you guys booked me for a two-hour show. My bucket of music is about three and a half hours. It's more than I could possibly play. Mm-hmm. It's way, in some cases, the bucket is twice the length of the show, right? And what that does is um, gives me a range that I can wander within. Back in the day, that range was your record case. You couldn't, if you didn't have it, you didn't have it. Yeah. And then we got to, oh, my laptop has everything I own. <laughs> Everything and everything you, you own. Right. And everything you own. And, and if you pay me, I'll stream it, right? Uh, and I stopped that by coming up with these buckets. They're constrained, but they still have all my flavors in them. And it allows me to instantaneously pick what's going on. So if I'm reading the crowd, and they're not quite feeling this, like, uh, Latino house vibe I'm doing. Maybe I add some electro flavor to it, but I put that in the bucket, you know? So, so I create uh, sets based on who's booking me. Who else is playing? Because you have to be aware, okay. right? A yep. good artist, like, and I feel like it's 50-50 promoter and artist. So if you're a promoter and you book a dubstep DJ because you didn't do your homework and you're throwing a house show, don't get mad at the kid when he starts dropping this heavy rhythm because you didn't do your homework. Yep. At the same time, the artist should be like, yo, everybody on this lineup is house and I play rhythm. Are you sure this is what you want to do? And... So I definitely, when I'm making a set, consider who I'm playing for, who's my audience, you know, um, what my fans have said on my page. Are they looking for drum and bass? Are they looking for house? Am I getting booked in a house show? Can I play both? So just to be clear, a, a bucket, you would con- that's something it's that you, folder. you yeah. put together for a specific show or yeah. a bucket grows over time? Nope. A bucket is something I put together for a specific show. So if you see uh, my, my, I use record box. So if you were to see the library, it's got a date and it's got the name of the show. Okay. And in that bucket, I go through my collection and I pick whatever fits, whatever I think is. And sometimes I'm working on that bucket literally five minutes before I go in. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'll throw a few things in. That's fascinating because I, I do almost exactly the same thing. Yeah, I, I think, like I said, I think a lot of DJs do. You got to have a level of preparedness, but I, I cheat a little bit more than that because I do. I, I put I group tracks together that I know work well together. So I, I I usually put a little bit of an energy flow in there anyway, so that I know. I guess I'm preparing for a panic moment if I'm just like I don't know what to play next. I know the next track will be all right, right? Kind of thing, and I almost never follow it strictly. But it's it's there. It's like a security blanket kind of thing. Yeah, I can't really explain the constraints of my bucket. Like, what doesn't make it? First of all, everything has got a, a homogenous string tied to it. So let's say I'm playing jazzy house. That bucket is not going to have electro in it. It'll yeah. have some funky house, maybe some break beats, something that gets to the edge of funk, but nothing that's like way opposite. So that's one of the constraints of the buckets. Okay. I don't want the genre get too wild on it. Gotcha. I leave myself some room for track flexibility, but not enough to like, oh shit, I'm out here in the middle of nowhere and they don't like this and they're walking away and I need to get them back. And yeah. Now I got to play that Madonna tune again. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so yeah, I think the the bucket's awesome. It keeps me in control. It's my way of organizing. I wish I was like Jack Sheets, Mr. Shifter. He's so ADD that like his track organization is like legendary. The meta tagging is immaculate. 
I can only imagine. Just looking at his his actual record collection I is saw like the that. screen once, and I had to make sure it was the same software I use. I was like, I just have a bunch of blank spaces. Why do you have things filled right. in? It was very strange. kind of i had to pull back because I, st- I started to go from uh funky to like darker to harder and i was like oh shit we're on a podcast we <laughs> don't be doing that you can't do that you can't there's not a warehouse i can touch the ceiling almost you can't play that shit. dude that's the beautiful thing about doing this thing is like it's it's whatever you want man that's why I, we bring you here yeah it's like a kid in a candy store for real like well actually it'd be like me and micro center uh, with, a, with a credit card. That's a geek-ass statement, I know. It is. <laughs> There's a You're, few people out there like, this is DJ, this is Micro Center. So the stuff I'm going to play for you last before I leave is going to be that, that very melodic, liquid, thought-out, mm. orchestral, delicate in some cases. In, co- in some cases, it's it's beautiful. In some cases, it's tragic. It could even be, you know, excitable. So. I love melodic sounds. You yeah, know what it yeah. reminds me of? Trance. <laughs> and people at home I told you it was a setup. <laughs> well I've been in here they probably taped a bunch of uh, now that's what I call trans CDs to my car he doesn't know but there's an Armin Van Buren doll behind his head right now <laughs> with his arms in the air <laughs> I was going to do my my Armin uh, imitation or, or impersonation but it's not good so I won't do it I'll do my Carl Cox later if you're nice <laughs> no, I'm really into the honestly though I'm into the melodic sounds. I'm excited to hear this. Yeah, me too. The that kind of liquidy stuff is you know, we've talked it's been a long time but we've talked about this on the show before. It it's what got me to to get drum and bass cuz I didn't I didn't come into this really even appreciating drum and bass. I'm talking 10 or 15 years ago. I was coming in from trance and progressive and house and stuff like that and you know the the jungle room was was a closet, yeah. and, and you'd walk in there, and, and to me it was just, and I, I just didn't get it. And then I, I heard, in 
I'm sure that was just kind of the fault of that DJ too. I think he was just playing really intense stuff that I was just right. not ready to hear. Yeah, that 180. That's like, <laughs> yeah. But and so that was what I associated with, and then I heard this liquid thing, and I was like, oh. Okay, it, and that got me to relate to these other genres that I know, and, and I sort of got it. And I was like, "Oh, the tempo's not the problem. The tempo's fine. Tempo's awesome." Right. Yeah, and I, I really, it, it was just kind of one of those examples of just hearing the, the the context, the right context, the right time, and the right approach to a, a certain thing. And from there, I, I became to appreciate more some of the more harder yeah. styles too. They say I'm out of line These days it's like I lost my mind Explain yourself, they say But I'm not really myself lately But I'm falling deeper and deeper Absolute tune, let's go. And somehow the more I see you, the more I need you. And somehow the more I see you, the more I need you. I'm falling deeper and deeper. Deeper. ask you this uh, a very similar question to the the why are you passionate about DJing uh, same question towards drum and bass and and you can answer that either as a consumer of drum and bass or a producer of it or a DJ however you want to I, I think the answer to that question is different today than it would be if you if you had asked me that five years ago okay um, when I first found drum and bass it was in the form of jungle in some warehouse in a very forgotten lost part of the building and it was on a poor sound system but it's very primal like jungle is and I ended up in that room and I remember that room not because I necessarily liked it but it was so much different than everything else that was happening you know skip forward a few years into some different genres and that sound had matured it had grown it had spun off subgenres and, and things like that I even heard you guys talking to Trip about some subgenres and I'm sitting there he's getting it wrong <laughs> Um, because there are all of these flavors that branched out into something that tied directly to my past, which is hip-hop. A lot of people have said to me, yeah, drum and bass is too fast. It's not. It's double time. It's mathematics. And we'll explain it later. <laughs> but the point is, Tupac goes directly on top of Serum, and so does Lumberjack and, and uh, 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 the Buster Rhymes and, track yep. I played. You know? Um, that was my edit, by the way. So that... That style of music automatically tied me to hip-hop, and I was like, I like that. And then once I got into it, I found that you had this organic side of raga and things that were very musical, and then you had this, like, bad robot side. Hmm. The bad robot side, like, oh, you dubstep, my, my drum and bass will hurt your dubstep. 
You know, they had that, they had, so it had this range that went from soft and beautiful, and you had liquid, which was this almost orchestral show of force. You know, and I'm not just talking about a few VST plugins, I'm talking about people who play actual instruments and choirs and choruses and made this beautiful, immense music, and it was drum and bass. So once I started seeing that, it just got its hook in me. And then when I started doing the MCing, it was like, boom, another connection. So it's my hip hop, it's my MC, it's my classical music. You know, there is Beethoven dubstep. He would write in fifths, it's happening. <laughs> and then there's this reggae side of it, and then there's this like, I don't really like the opium den side of it, that really dubby, and I don't drift like it. It's just drifty, it's too drift. It's almost like drum and bass trance, it's weird. <laughs> Straight you had to go there. We'll not discuss. <laughs> but yeah, the, the genre kept defining itself. And it did so without really bumping into house and all of that. Like all of these other genres, as they evolved, they seemed to bump into each other. Well, dubstep evolved, and it just kept evolving under its own umbrella. And I really liked that. The ecosystem of it is super diverse. And I find that uh, drum and bass is largely vocalist. I mean, there are some great vocals in there. But if you were, I think, look at the entire entirety of drum and bass you'll find that it's maybe 25% vocal and so that means that you as a performer can create your set with a lot of moods a lot of tones a lot of expressions because you have this plethora of material to pull from and you can create a listening experience that is like something that might be included when you buy a Rolls Royce or something that is the soundtrack to a burglary <laughs> you can make those two things with drum and bass and I love it I love the the, the sounds that you can paint <clears throat> talk about some of the other recent happenings here at passionate dj now as mo mentioned earlier we've been creating lots of videos around the new rain one motorized dj controller you can find all of those at one easy link passionatedj.com slash rain one we also have a pioneer s7 mixer on the way to the studio right now so stay tuned right here to make sure that you don't miss our upcoming videos just subscribe to our channel at youtube.com slash passionate dj Coming up in two weeks on episode 215, we'll be talking to Ike B, or as he prefers, Ike B the Bad Boy. Now, Ike has a long history with radio DJing. In fact, I used to listen to him on the radio when I was a teenager on 94.5 The Beat. So having him on my show now is pretty cool. Also, Tony and I were recently guests on the Columbus DJ podcast. Check that one out at passionatedj.com slash Columbus. Now, in that episode, Tony and I both talk about our love for DJing, uh, some talk about video games, and a little bit of behind-the-scenes stuff. And it was a lot of fun, so if you like the Passionate DJ podcast, be sure to check them out as well. Now, finally, we've been on this quest to get to 10,000 followers on Instagram for a while now, and we're almost halfway there. That would be an exciting milestone for us, so help us reach our goals by following us at Passionate DJ. Now, back to Firecat.
was going to ask you um, during your house set why you didn't do. Um, you normally like to do a lot of ad libbing in your drum and bass. I do. I do. And you didn't do it in your house stuff, so I was wondering. I was going to ask, you know, if you cross that part of the fire cat over into the house cat, but you didn't do it here either. Why not? So emceeing and electronic music boy that's like its own episode really if you get super deep into it but without getting that deep into it um, I had a pretty fun career a strong career met a lot of great people as an MC and I actually carried that over and still do into some of my bigger sets but I find that in uh, in some circumstances especially in America I'm not American dissing but they just don't take well to MCs or vocalists mm -hmm. and uh even I've seen at big shows now where like the host, you better do a couple of things at the beginning of the guy's set, the end of the guy's set, and don't ever hop on. Not, not so much anymore. a full-on MC, but just like ad-libbing. Like when right. I would play, you would come up and you would, you know, you would say things little, little and thing, echo right. it with your voice a little bit yeah. and do like, you know yeah, what and, I mean? And, and I, uh, I've, I've even reduced that a bit, and I'm not sure why other than that I haven't found the crowd really interact with it the way they used to now maybe it could be because i'm doing it less right mm -hmm. uh, it could be the conundrum of it but i feel the same about scratching right those well, little think, elements like that i think scratching is uh definitely returning for one reason like there got to be a point where you could not see the artist you just saw like a light beacon so scratching is kind of pointless right and if you're not directly on time it can be disjointing to people trying to dance yeah but now that we have screens and sets I feel like scratching is making a return because they know you're not just on a controller syncing and and or you know pad DJing. They can see it now, and I feel like that is going to help it really return. My scratch chops are terrible. Same. I, I, my scratching is so bad. I just do the sound effect with my mouth. <laughs> That's true. It's all right. You can do it though. I can't. I used to be a beatboxer yeah. back in the day, but oh, these, uh -huh. these new kids are Decepticons. <laughs> I don't even know how to do this. <laughs> Ridiculous. I try to keep up with this new kid. I was like, uh, your father a dentist, ain't he? I know you got some extra shit going on up there, but. Listening to the Passionate DJ Podcast, episode 214, featuring our guest DJ, Firecat451, getting into some liquid drum and bass. And all that jazz. 
If you like what Firecat's putting down, maybe go give him a follow over at his Instagram account. You can follow him at Firecat451Live. Another secret about liquid. Liquid DMB is great for listening. Like Pharrell, uh, when we talk about DJs in this light, we always imagine that there's an audience on the other side of it, right? But there are times where you just want to enjoy music, and it's not about performing it. You actually just want to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Like this is great whether you are cleaning your house, driving 130 miles an hour. Not that I'm recommending that unless your car is stable and able enough to do it, and it's legal in your region. But you can do all these things with liquid drum and bass that allow you to enjoy it in way more ways than uh, other versions of drum and bass where it's just an active thing. That is one big benefit about doing all this, you know, all this focus on streaming and, and stuff now is is listening music is okay right. for the, the dance DJ, quote unquote. Right. You know? I mean, if, you, if I'm streaming to you and you want to be on the other side of the camera or screen and you're dancing in your room with the cat, that's fine. <laughs> I think it's cool, but... I am totally not offended if you got that stuff turned up and you're cleaning your house. I'm not offended right. because I'm still taking you on the same musical journey, whether you are swaying with it or you're doing or you're studying. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I like about trance. You can do both. <laughs> you can clean your house while you're listening to 140 BPM. And the sun trance. will rise. <laughs> and the sun will rise. You know, trance is like the first self-parking car. It's, it just takes a while. <laughs> You'll eventually be safely nested. It'll just take a while. Much love, Will. (laughs) Firecat451, take us on that journey, man. All right, I will do that right now. And thank you so much for being here, man. We really appreciate what you do.
Yeah. We sell crack to our own out the back of our homes. We smell the musk of the dusk and the crack of the dawn. We go through episodes too, like Attack of the Clones. What till we break a back and you hear the crack of the bone? To get by, just to get by, just to get by. That's right, we just gotta get by. Folks, that's gonna wrap it for this episode of the Passionate DJ Podcast. Thank you so much to our guest DJ. Firecat451. Once again, follow him on Instagram, Firecat451Live. This has been the Passionate DJ Podcast. If you've enjoyed what you're listening to, you can follow us on your favorite podcast app if you like listening on the go, or watch the fancy YouTube version on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash passionate DJ. Thanks so much, take care, and keep on spinning. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I wanted to leave with that song because we need to get by. So, yeah, that's it. Peace out. No, oh, no, that's, he said get high. That's the other song. I smoke weed too much. These buckle up when I'm splitting my Dutch. Anybody know me know I got red men on deck. It's just E, double E, keep Murray and me. It costs 20 if you're down with it. Peace out. Yo, son, I ride around with my hoopty tenant to ride around blending. Because I be feeding for that pookie. The camera's rolling. Yes, sir. See, if this was the old school days, I would be burning the shit out of film right now. They'd be yelling at me like, hurry up. <laughs> Get your black ass ready. <laughs> meter's running. Right, yeah, meter running. <laughs> now I need to make sure that my Uber has 5G so I can stream from the Uber. <laughs> you trigger Samps, loopholes, loopholes. <laughs> check, check, one, two. Look at the camera. Lana loves the llama, but the llama loves pajamas. Is that too hot?